Come see the new quiz show, Go Fact Yourself, with special guests Andy Richter and Fresh Air's Tanya Mosley. It's March 23rd at the Crawford. Get your tickets at las.com slash events. Studios. The way I got started in fashion was sort of like a comedy of errors. It was like I fell into it. I'm Brian De Los Santos, and this is How to LA. Today, we're back with a new How I Got Started, the segment where we chat with artists, movers and shakers, and ask them how they got started. These are folks who, whether they're homegrown or newer to the city, want to make LA a dynamic place to live through their work. Today, we're diving into what's next in fashion with designer James Ford. James actually came to LA a few years ago to work in construction, but found himself asking more and more questions about fashion until he started his own brand and ended up on Next in Fashion, a Netflix competition show about up-and-coming designers. I found some knit rib cuffs that reminded me of the jacket from the photo, but I put it in a turtleneck, and I found some tennis ball yellow paracord. I'm making a drawcord. I didn't even know I could make that. <laughs> I really love the contrast of the very neon bright yellow with this pinkish checks. It's modern, it's feminine and masculine. I'm quite impressed. James's brand, Rowena Social Club, sells gender equal pieces that run between $12 and upward of 1000 bucks. And he also does custom suit work for clients. This guy found success in a fairly competitive industry pretty quickly. So we just had to get into it with him. How did he do it? All right, James, thanks for being here, first of all. Thank you so much for having me here. Um, very stylish. That jacket you're wearing, I was like, oh my god, I feel like such a chump over here. I'm interviewing a fashion designer, and I wore like the most basic blue shirt, <laughs> and I totally forgot it was today. I don't, I don't judge anyone else's fashion. So, and that that jacket ain't nothing. It's from H and M. It's the cool version of H and M, where it's like the European H and M, which has a little bit better offerings. I gotta interrupt here and tell you that this jacket was cute AF, not your average H and M look. It's giving city boy fashion. It's this unique red and orange color, and it drapes just below the waist. Perfect for a cloudy day. My name's James Ford, and I am the founder and creative director of Rowena Social Club, which is my fashion label. I'm mostly doing apparel for queer, transgender, gender nonconforming folks. But really, I've found a lot of other demographics have been interested in it, too. And what I'm most known for is doing custom suiting for the queer community. Now I'm going to have to ask you, what has been your favorite piece so far that you've done? I call it my utility grandma vest. So it uses upholstery fabric, which I love to use a lot, which is not easy to sew or work with at, at all. So it's upholstery fabric, and there's like some burnt orange velvet patch pockets and like a utility loop and like a marine grade white zipper. But it looks like grandma's couch. I love that. I like it because it's very illustrative of what I like to do, which is marry two things together that are wrong, that are wrong ideas, either in fabrication, vibe or style. Like I steal a lot of shapes 
and inspiration from sportswear, like old vintage baseball jerseys, basketball jerseys. I love tennis aesthetic, golf aesthetic. Upholstery fabric is like not supposed to be worn. (laughs) It doesn't drape on the human body. It's for couches. It's for like heavy duty wear, you know, but I made a vest out of it. So you're kind of swimming against the tide here. Why do you choose to do kind of complicated things? I wish I didn't choose to do such complicated things. <laughs> I mean, fashion for me started because I like wanted to make the things that I couldn't find. And so I have a very vivid imagination. And so I had the exact idea, you know, in my mind's eye of what I wanted to wear and I could never find it. And so ultimately I started to make these things. I don't think I did it on purpose ever. At no point was I like, these are very far apart things and I want to make something that puts them together I just have a lot of I have a wide ranging interest and so it was on accident (laughs) so how long have you been working in fashion really not that long I mean I did a master's program I put myself back through school at USC and I used to be an engineer and I was in the construction industry and I knew that I didn't want to do construction and I didn't know much else beyond that. And so I knew I wanted to do something in the arts. And so I did an arts program that essentially made you take classes in all of the USC arts disciplines. And honestly, through a lot of encouragement from my friends at the time, they're like, we like really like your style. Like maybe you should do more of that. I made a podcast actually for my master's thesis. This is sort of a funny story. It was about queer fashion and what does that mean? And it was intentionally a podcast, so it wasn't visual. There's nothing you can point to that's like, that's queer. Mm. It's, it has actually nothing to do. It's the shirt red or is it navy? It doesn't matter. So it's about sort of like, what does queer fashion mean? When I interviewed one of my guests, they were a suit maker in LA. And so I went and I made a custom suit and we recorded the whole thing and we made this episode. And then they called me like the next day. And they were like, hey, you were actually like pretty good at this. Like, do you want a job? I didn't ever mean to go into suiting. Suiting was a, or formal wear rather, was like a serious problem for me as a kid. Um, and so I knew I wanted a suit, but I didn't can know I much ask more why? than that. Huh? Can, I, can I ask why formal wear wasn't a thing for you? So I'm trans. So when I was growing up, my parents put me in dresses and they didn't know any better and I would throw massive tantrums I mean like total full meltdowns like I get it if you don't like dresses like lots of people cannot like dresses but the way in which dresses made me like physically react as a little kid throwing tantrums and screaming and crying was like not normal (laughs) um so formal wear was really hard um getting dressed up for family events weddings high school graduation college graduation i mean it went on into my 20s those days or events were the worst because in my day-to-day life i could sort of get by with like wearing basketball shorts or like stealing my brother's clothes or like whatever but when it came to formal wear time there just wasn't any choice it was the most binary category in fashion you either have a suit or you have a ball gown so when i had the opportunity to like make a suit i was like i'm gonna do this i'm like i'm graduating like i'm gonna make a suit you know what i mean like i'm a grown man now it's like a rite of passage that i sort of gave myself you're describing your path of starting your own business and being a fashion designer in LA. What does that look like? You know, did you always know this was your goal? I knew that I wanted to own my business. I never would have guessed that it was going to be a fashion brand. When I was growing up, like, I didn't know that people worked in fashion. I, I mean, I grew up in Kentucky. Like, that was not a thing people did. I, and entering a, 
an arts program where I was like, I'm going to figure out what I'm going to do. It, fashion was not on my mind. I thought it was going to be like a comedy writer or something, but like, turns out I was like not funny <laughs> or a good writer. <laughs> fashion sort of came to me and I just had a deep knowledge from being adamant about what I knew I wanted to wear and trying to find it. And so I've seen a lot, like I've probably visually ingested more fashion content than most. And so I would see things and go, oh, I like that. What is that? What do you call the you know, the little buttons on your shirt. I like those. How can I do a Google search to find a shirt with little buttons on the collar? They're called collar points. Great. Now I know. Like my interest in fashion was need-based where I just needed to find and build a toolkit for myself of like how to effectively find what I wanted to wear. I realize this story that repeats itself with queer folks, which is I didn't have that or I don't have that. So I have to create space. And for you, you are creating space for other folks that don't see themselves represented traditionally, whether it's in media, it's in fashion, wherever. And they want that space. How do you feel about that as you kind of open that space for folks? Um, I It is a lot more than I bargained for. I do feel a level of responsibility that I didn't intend or like actively seek on purpose. And so I take that very seriously. I do think about that a lot. The way that I represent queer fashion relative to other fashion brands is very important to me because I don't think a lot of commercial fashion brands that are out there right now speak to the queer community with any semblance of like coherence or trust or, um, authenticity whatsoever and i think we all know it like if you're queer and it's pride and it's june Mm -hmm. and all these fashion brands are like buy this we made this for you everyone can call bullshit on it immediately a t-shirt that's screen printed with a rainbow on it or some funny phrase that like yes that's fun and that like got us to a certain point and now we need to grow a little bit beyond that as like queer consumers and also like queer designers like i'm not in like the baby pool of fashion design anymore we're in the big kid pool now. We have needs for events in our lives. Like we are, we're directors and we're writers and we publish books and we're doctors and we're lawyers and we're politicians. And we need clothing that works for our day to day and represents ourselves and works for a professional manner too. And so how can we use fashion to like let ourselves be taken seriously without falling prey to their ideas of what we're supposed to look like. So it's a really fine balancing act. It brings up a lot, actually, in just simply making a suit for a professional who happens to be queer. We'll be right back with designer James Ford. Imagine if you could charge your electric vehicle at the places you already love to eat, shop, and play. Whether you're at the movies, on your weekly grocery trip, or running errands at your local mall, Volta EV charging stations are built around your day-to-day and located in your community and nationwide. All you have to do is check in, plug in, and go about your day. It's EV charging made convenient. Download the Volta app to find your new favorite place to charge. And we're back. So actually, tell me more about Rowena Social Club. What do you guys have? What kind of space is it? You know, I'm still pretty small. It's really like running two companies. It's two pretty different ideas. There is a very high-touch, highly personal, high-price-point custom suit aspect of it. And that doesn't help everyone, right? Because it's it's hard to access. The area of the business that I'd like to grow and that I'm working on right now is the e-com side. Just like any other fashion brand, you can shop online. Just so you know, his custom two-piece suits start at $2,200. And his items on his website range from 12 bucks to $1,400. 
And just a reminder, this is not fast fashion. Here's my real dream with that. I want Rowena Social Club. There's a reason it's called Rowena Social Club. And I love like that Ivy League uh, aesthetic. But it was so racist and it was so misogynistic and it was so homophobic that what I want to do is like take back the golf club country club situation. So what I want for Rowena eventually is to be like, it's a retail store up front. Maybe there's a cafe, there's a restaurant. You know, you got to wear your like member's jacket to the dinners. But if you don't got one, that's cool. Like you can borrow one from us. We'll have a bunch of sizes. And I want there to be like a family friendly pool in the back with a diving board and like a slide. So I want, I mean, we're talking about spaces, right? And making spaces. I've just like heard that so many times it's lost its meaning to me. But what I can do that I do feel like is pushing it forward a little is physically describe a building where like I, I, it was made for me in mind. I do like the aesthetic and I like golf and I like tennis and I like swimming pools and stuff like that. It's like I want to kind of take the money out of it. You should be able to enjoy a swimming pool and golf without having a trust fund. And it's cool if you're gay. Where does this all come from? Honestly, it comes from my clients. So I take custom suiting clients, right? And we're talking about fabrics and we're talking about buttons and we're talking about linings. But we are never just talking about that. You wouldn't believe what comes up when you try to design a custom suit for someone because it is so personal. And it also generally means a lot. It's probably for a specific event and maybe you've accomplished something professionally that you're celebrating or maybe you're going to your wedding. People feel differently about how they want to look in their suits. They want different things and it's not necessarily trends. And so I think I have access to like, you know, one person at a time, what they're thinking and feeling. And that adds to a pretty grand total of like, it's just knowledge of what people want in fashion. One client, though, I, this is a very fun one for me right now. I've gotten a couple of these recently. It's oftentimes a wedding look. And they're like, I want like a 70s disco meets Western cowboy meets Palm Springs desert wedding vibe. And well, that's like, a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. And they're like, I want disco pants, like sequins with feathers on the side. I want like a cropped double-breasted blazer, like matador style. I want a Western yoke and I want fringe on the sleeves. And I'm like, let's go. I, I, I'm sitting here thinking or listening to you speak. And I'm like, oh my God, I, I, it just hit me how personal fashion is. Sometimes we take it for granted for like, for me as a gay man who identifies as a, as a man, like I, I just can go to the store and wear whatever I want, you know, yeah. other folks can't do that. Well, actually, let's talk about next in fashion. Oh, sure. Here's a clip of James on the show. Shoot. I just broke a needle. I don't have some of the sewing experience that the other folks have, so this could be a huge barrier for me. Thread the needle, James. Thread the needle. It kind of reminded me of, like, any competition show, right, where you, you are vulnerable, you show your strengths and your weaknesses. Tell me about how it was like to be on the show. My experience on the show was uh, definitely, again, more than I bargained for. I was very insecure about my sewing ability. A lot of the other talented contestants had been making ball gowns for J-Lo or Lizzo, and they have these client desks that I'm like, what? I did, I'm, like, I'm like finding this out while you're finding it out, too. 
So I was definitely insecure about my sewing ability, and I haven't watched the show yet. I've just seen some clips online as well. In retrospect now, though, that show is much less based on sewing ability. It wasn't a sewing, it wasn't a seam competition show. It was much more based on creative direction, and that I was strong at, but I didn't know that till the show was over. <laughs> so... I was getting a lot of encouragement from the judges, you know, in those critiques that I almost didn't believe them. So you may not have seen Next in Fashion, but here are the basics. It's a Netflix reality competition show hosted by Ten France and Gigi Hadid. It follows designers from around the world as they compete in all sorts of time design challenges for the chance to win money and debut a fashion collection. James was a contestant in the second season. Spoiler alert, he doesn't win, but his journey is pretty interesting. Here's a clip from the show. We were worried that you wouldn't send anything down the runway. How did you pull it all together? The collar was driving me crazy. And at the last second, I saw some batting. I do love that I'm you patted so that. Yeah, I love that. It, it was so, it was playful. We don't want to give anything away if you haven't seen it. But, as you know, things aren't perfect, and James definitely got some real critiques for some of his choices on the show. I definitely trust Godoy to take on a lot of the construction because I've never sewn a lot of these pieces before ever. The construction of that corset is really impressive, and I love the tuxedo detailing in the bodice, but there was, like, a cheapness to it that I know is not something that is represented in your work. If I could do it all over again, I, I wouldn't sweat the sewing. You know, I made the stuff. You saw me make it. And so what I'm most proud of is like, okay, people now know that when they associate the name James Ford, they know an aesthetic. And that is the greatest gift the show could have given me is an opportunity to like really show people very potently in one fell swoop. Like, this is what I want the world to look like. This is what I like to wear. That's a once in a million lifetime opportunities. If, if someone's inspired by your story, specifically in fashion, like what would you tell them how you got started? I'm not good at giving advice because I think everyone's their best advice comes from like what they know is right. Like your, your stomach and your gut knows best. So I would say like if if there is something that you want to do, but you're scared of doing it, that's a great sign. You should do that. <laughs> The scarier it is, probably the better it is. The way I got started in fashion was sort of, a, like I mentioned, like a comedy of errors. It was like I fell into it, but I also didn't because I was also driven by a need of looking, a need for clothing and a fear of looking silly, you know? And that's, there was like an anger to that too for a long time where I was like angry that there's five bajillion shirts in the world and you're telling me not a single one works for me. And so I think if you're interested in fashion, if you, your unique aesthetic and vision is solving something, that is something you should definitely pay attention to and keep going towards that. My advice is like, I don't know, man, try it. <laughs> try it, and if it sucks, keep going. That was fashion designer James Ford. You can find his work online at ruinasocialclub.com. That is it for us this week. And just a heads up, for the next two weeks, we're going to be a little bit quiet. Take a break, take in summer, and actually catch up on work. But don't trip. We'll be bringing you some of our favorite episodes from the last year while we work on new things for you. Our newsletter will still publish fresh things, so check that out at alias.com slash howtola. 
Enjoy all of that and have a great weekend. This episode was produced by Victoria Alejandro. Our other producers are Megan Botel, Evan Jacoby, and Monica Bushman. Also, shout out to our summer intern, Eden Tashoma. Support for this podcast is made possible by Gordon and Donna Crawford, who believe that quality journalism makes Los Angeles a better place to live. Hey, it's Brian, the host of the How to Relate podcast. How about we go to the movies? Join us for a 10-part series, Revival House, and discover the magic of LA's indie theaters. Who knows? You might meet someone. I know it sounds antithetical because you're just sitting passively, but in fact, you're connecting with everyone else around you. Subscribe to How to LA from LA Studios wherever you listen to podcasts.